Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. Welcome to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, retirement distribution strategies can really be daunting for many retirees as they navigate their uh, direction. Okay, let's let's scratch that. through retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on cruising through retirement. Welcome in, everyone. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. I've got a great show planned for you today. Kevin, of course, fiduciary, investment advisor representative. You'll find him at Silverleaf Financial. He's been helping folks get to retirement and through retirement for more than 30 years. Silverleaf Financial. Yes, silverleaffinancial.com. He's an author as well. The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. Check out silverleaffinancial.com to get your copy of that book. Uh, hi, Kevin. What's going on? Oh, hey, Steve. Thank you very much for that intro. That's a mouthful, isn't it? That it uh, is. book title there? I like it, though. <laughs> you know what, guys? Please check out the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Uh, it's real simple to, to request the book. There's no cost. There's no obligation. Uh, but it's a book that could save you a ton of money uh, if you're uh, concerned about addressing long-term care. So, um, you know, we started off talking about retirement distribution strategies. Yes. And, and I know that's not the most, you know, it's not might not be the sexiest thing uh, to listen to, but I'll tell you what. It is something that's going to get you excited if you have it set up and if you have that money coming to you every month. I'm pretty sure you're going to be excited about it. And we want to make sure you got as much money coming in as you need to live the life that you want to live. And, and I think it's very important that, um, you know, that everybody put, starts putting money away. You save early and save often, right? That's, the, that's uh, exactly right. I like it. It's kind of like right? voting in Chicago. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. The key, the key to a successful retirement. And uh, yeah, you know, so. Uh, it is something we need to put our put money away for, and and it's important that everybody do it as soon as possible. And guys, I'll tell you, the sooner you start, the better off you're going to be because it's going to wind up being that bigger, that much bigger of a check later on in life. And that's what we all want. <laughs> yes, for sure, right? For sure. And uh, so you, you know, I think it's I think it's important to take a look at it. 
Oh, absolutely. So uh, Jamie Dimon, we've heard from him before. He's CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. Found an interesting clip from him. Uh, he's talking about the current state of our economy, where he thinks it's headed, and, uh, well, just kind of his thoughts. But both in April, October, and today, I'll tell you, the things that you, there are these things out there which are very uncertain. And when I look at uncertainty, there's always uncertainty. Every day of every life is uncertainty, but it's heightened. And it's heightened because of Russia, Ukraine, oil, uh, energy, food, uh, quantitative tightening. You know, is it going to be enough to raise rates to 5%? And this is having a huge effect on smaller countries, poor nations, uh, those who are reliant on importing oil and gas. And I think those uncertainties may very well mitigate and we'll end up with that kind of Goldilocks mild recession, but they may not. So I, I'm still in the cautious side in this one. Okay, so everything could be great or or not, or not, or not, right? And and <laughs> see, he's and you know what he's doing? He's doing what all those pundits do. They hedge. They hedge. Yes. Ex- you, 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 <laughs> I'll tell you what. That's. Uh, I would have been surprised to see or to hear if he came down strongly on one side or the other. To be honest, because Steve, I'll tell you. This is one of the most confusing markets, one of the most confusing economies I've seen in my entire career. Wow. Uh, and and you know, those of you uh, that watch the markets and watch what's happening and have been paying attention for the last few years, uh, you probably know that already, right? And and the, the thing is, we have gone through unprecedented times. You know, We went through the pandemic. Uh, there was the first one in, what, 100 years. Yep. Um, the steps the government took to address it. You know, from locking locking down everything and shutting everything down to sending people checks and and borrowing you know borrowing all the money that they did, um, I should say buying all the bonds that they did in order to keep interest rates artificially low. You know, it was really extraordinary. And so now we're on the opposite side of that, and and that's where the uncertainty comes from is because we haven't gone through that before. We've never seen uh, you know the government pay, you know buy what four trillion five trillion dollars worth of our own bonds. You know, so they're printing them with one hand and buying them with the other. And and uh, now we're in a situation uh, where they're letting those bonds expire, or I should say letting them mature. So if you have something, let's say a six-month maturity, it matures, and they say they're just letting it roll off the balance sheet, as opposed to actually going out into the market and selling the bonds before they mature. So the way they're reducing the balance sheet now is by just letting them mature. But that's part of what's happening and it's part of what what uh, the people in the market, investors in the market, we haven't gone through it. We don't know exactly, you know, they don't tell us exactly when. Uh, they give us an idea, but we don't know exactly the impact it'll have on bonds. And some of you might know, bonds tend to lead the stock market. And bonds, for one thing, they've been calling for a recession. Uh, we don't see any signs of that at all right now. And so that's one of the things that's so confusing. If you look at the bond market, interest rates on, on short-term like say, you know, six month treasuries, I believe are right around or a little above 5% right now. Whereas your 10 year treasury is down at 3.8. All right. So that's what we call, that's the, uh, the inverted yield curve, if you will, where shorter term maturities pay a higher interest rate than longer term. And the bottom line is that's usually a signal that there's going to be a recession in the next six to 12 months. And so then we look at the employment and all the other data coming out though, and we see, hey, unemployment is at lowest it's been in over 50 years. And I don't believe we've ever had a recession with unemployment below 4%. So these are the conflicting signals that we're seeing. And so it makes it very difficult to figure out where do you put your money? How do you position yourself so that you don't take a big loss you know, and that you can see your portfolio grow? And these are some of the things that are causing the confusion. 
And, you know, from the top of the top with Jamie, Jamie Dimon, you know, the billionaire boss at, at JP Morgan Chase, all the way down to, you know, little guys like me that uh, we're, we're all having trouble figuring it out. So to me, the best thing is to make sure that you're safe, you've got your money secured, and that you've got a good base underneath you before you go out and speculate and, and, and trade, let's say, individual stocks. Well, I mean, that seems to be the smart thing to do, Kevin. And, and that's one of the things that you help people do is to be able to go out there and be smart with our money to, to help it grow. It, it, it's exactly right. And a lot of times people, you know, they, they, um, I've had people sit down with me and say, you know what? Well, I don't, I don't really, I think diversification is bad. And they'll tell me that they feel that uh, a much better strategy is to concentrate, you know, like all of your money in one stock because of the hope that they're going to make a bunch of money on that one stock. And that's how they want to create wealth. And, and I always had to come back with the flip sides. <laughs> you know, that is a, it's a double-edged sword, right? It cuts both ways. And, and so if you're prepared to lose, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50% of your money, maybe that'll work. But personally, I do not recommend that. Um, it's very risky. And, and I would say if, if you have that ability, start off with smaller pieces of money. And, and if you're really good at it, if you really have the ability your small investment of five or 10,000 will grow to a larger sum because you, you're so good at what you're doing. But if you're wrong and, not, and you find out you, it's, you're not actually that, quite that good, then at least you're not going to lose a large sum of money. So I think that's a, a very dangerous strategy. You know? and, and so one thing that I do think that I do advocate, it's really important, guys, to pay down your debt as soon as you can. I, I never like it when I sit down with a couple that's retired and they tell me they've got a mortgage and a car loan, and, and they're paying their kids student loans. You know, I, I, I think that's a bad move. That's a mistake. And, and I don't recommend it. Um, I think when your kids are, in my opinion, when, when, you're, when your child has moved out of the house, uh, I, I think they're on their own. And if they're going to college, and if you help them get through college, and they get a degree, they should be able to earn a very good living all by themselves without any assistance from mom and dad. Mm -hmm. and, and in today's world, this week, it was uh, uh, just yesterday, we, we saw the announcement that there's over 11 million job openings right now in the U.S., and there's only five and a half million people on unemployment. So we have wow, two what's jobs. what's wrong with this picture? Right? We have two jobs for every person that's unemployed. Um, and, and, and it is a problem, guys. And I'll tell you, one, one thing I would like to see is, is uh, I, I think we should increase uh, the immigrant immigrants allowed into the country, the qualified ones, the educated ones. And we need to stop sending, you know, people from foreign countries that we educate here and they get master's degree and advanced degrees. And then we send them back to back to where they came from. I think that's I think that's foolish. We should keep the educated people here because we need them to contribute to our society and our economy. And we need them to pay payroll taxes. That's how we're going to take care of Social Security and Medicare, just as a side note. All OK. Right? All right. But go, going back to the debt situation. You know, I think while, you know, while you're working, when you got that paycheck coming in, that's when you should be paying off all of your debts. There's a lot of people that advocate paying off your mortgage by the time you're 50. And, and if you're able to do that, fantastic, because then the rest of your working years, you can save so much money and put away so much more mm -hmm. uh, without paying interest to somebody else. So please take a look at your debt. If you're not sure where to start, what I would suggest, make a, if you've got like, say, I've met some people that have several credit cards, right? And they use one credit card, they get a cash advance, and they use that to pay the other card. And, and that is going to snowball in a very bad way if you don't get that under control really quickly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just a nightmare waiting to happen right there. It, it is. And it can get away from you really fast. 
Well, so I think that I, comes down to Kevin. That kind of comes down to just understanding our our spending. I mean, what we need versus what we want. Oh, no, no question about it. And I think, and I think a lot of times people, you know, I think a lot. I I, I heard a while back that some people view shopping as a leisure activity. In other words, like I think of, I don't know, golf or fishing or, or you know, out of hiking as yeah. a leisurely activity. Walking the dog. Yeah. 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 You know, and, 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 but, but there are some, apparently there are some folks that think of shopping as this leisurely activity. And, and I, I've got mixed feelings on that because it seems to me like you spend an off, you're going to spend an awful lot of money if you do that, you know, several hours every week. Um, I, I would think it's going to cost you a lot of money. And if you've got the pocketbook to do it, then then fantastic. Um, but I think it's really important that you look at what you're spending your money on. Where is it going? And and are, is it going to things that you truly need, or is it just some? Or is it more of a want versus a need? And and so I think that um, the folks that are living paycheck to paycheck, they're never going to save any money if they keep living that way. And 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 if you're in that situation, we want to dial back the spending, take a look at where the money's going, and the first thing to start with. Let's find out where the highest interest rates are that you're paying on credit cards or mortgages or auto loans or whatever it is. Start by paying off the highest interest rate first. Just make the minimum payments and everything else. Put the ex- put the bigger payment, the amount of excess money over the minimum, put that towards the highest interest rate and keep doing that until you pay everything off. Because then you're going to start earning interest instead of paying it to somebody else. All right. And, and I think that's one of the best things you can do, but it starts... We're figuring out where your money's going, you know, how much is coming in, where is it going? And I, and I got to tell you, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I could go out uh, with my wife. We could go out to lunch and we might spend 20 bucks. You know, yeah. it's, it, it's not a super fancy restaurant, but it's a sit down casual restaurant and perfect. We're perfectly happy with it. We could do it for $20. Now it, it, it's more like $35. And, and, and that again, it's nothing super fancy. And some people say I'm cheap and yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Cause I work hard for my money and I don't want to give it away easily. All right. And so for me, every penny that I can save is a, it, it, you know, every penny that I don't spend is another penny I can save. I can invest it and, and build up my accounts that much better. I would much rather see a big brokerage account or a big bank account balance than I would, you know, I don't know, having a closet full of, full of uh, new, you know, fashionable clothes, let's say. Well, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> well, I mean, we're guys, Kevin, but the fashion is not necessarily a <laughs> strong suit. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Don't get me wrong. I've got some, you know, we're, we're not completely out of fashion though. No, no, no. I understand. No, I get it. <laughs> you, you, you know, so it's important to take a look at where you're spending your money. One, one thing I want to mention, um, you know, we'll talk about saving money for vacations and my wife and I, you know, I love to travel. And one of the things that I, that I, used to want to do, and I'm not sure that I still want to, is to, is to do an extensive amount of traveling. Uh, and part of it's because of the story that I just read uh, in this past week. This couple, they, they're from, uh, oh gosh, what was it? it was either, I think it was Montana. And they've been saving for the last, uh, I want to say three years, um, to go on this dream vacation. And their dream vacation was to uh, the Greek islands. Uh, Mykonos, I believe it's pronounced. Ooh, very nice. Yes. And, and so they, they dreamt about it and they finally got the money to go. And then they go there and they go to a restaurant um, and they don't realize the pricing on the menu. And they think, for instance, the crab, it was like crab legs for like, what, $7 or something. And they didn't yeah. realize, no, no, it's $7 per gram, <laughs> per, per gram. And, and their, their drink, uh, the mojito, mojito sure. that they ordered 
that they thought was $27, which I'm saying, okay, that's crazy. No, it wasn't $27 for the drink. It was $27 for a shot of the mojito. Okay. The full size drink is over a hundred bucks. Oh my gosh. They wind up with a bill at this restaurant for over $800. Ouch. Okay. And what's happening is you've got very aggressive servers and waiters. And I don't know if you guys have traveled to other countries. I've been to a few myself. And when, and you're walking, you're just walking down the street, you know, leisurely stroll down the street. And as you pass some of these restaurants, these guys, these people come out, you, you know, they're wearing the clothes. You can tell they're working, you know, they're all white. They got a chef's hat or something. Sure. And they're, they're like pulling you in. They're pulling, oh, come in, come in. You know, come in, friend, my friend. Would you like to come in? We have great food. Come on in, my friend. And they're really trying to close you hard to come into the restaurant. And it's because what I've found out now is they have separate menus. They have menus for tourists and they have a different menu for native citizens. Well, that's and, sneaky. Right? The natives, like in this case, a Greek guy ordered ordered the same exact thing. He paid like $5. The Americans got charged $35. Same exact thing. Okay. And so, so I had to tell my wife, I said, you know, this puts a different spin on whether I want, you know, whether you want to travel because they know they've got you. They, they can, inti- they, uh, they, they work, they use intimidation, right? Sure. She said the woman wrote the art wrote this letter to the, the letter to the paper. And she said that the, the manager came to her and he didn't ask her. He didn't talk to her. He told her, you're paying this bill. You ordered this. You're paying this bill. She said, no, I told him I was just looking. I wasn't sure yet. He says, no, you ordered this food. You have to pay this bill or we call the police. And, and so I just want to share that with everybody. Wow. Um, to be careful. If you're traveling to a foreign country, be very, very careful because there are people, unfortunately, that are looking to take advantage of the, of the you know, naive tourist that doesn't know what they're getting into. Sure. Wow. And again, we're kind of getting into that whole travel season. I know people are making plans and uh, yeah, that's uh, something to think about. The, it's it, it's something to think about. And, and and my wife's takeaway is, you know, that that's a good argument for taking a cruise, I guess. You know? <laughs> I guess so. At, yeah. at least on the cruise, you could get all your meals and you got a better idea of what you're paying. Right. Um, you, you know, but I, I just want to mention it because I do remember that I was going to, I went to Brazil several, many years ago. And I remember that happening to me in Brazil. We didn't get, you know, ripped off on a, on a, on a meal like that, but, but the story of them pulling us in and, and trying to be very aggressive with get, having you eat at their restaurant, that's a hundred percent true. I've seen it many times. Yeah, I get it. And, and so we're talking about really the distribution part of, of our retirement savings and uh, certainly planning trips is a big part of that, but that has to be part of the plan. It, it does for sure. And that's what we, when we sit down, guess what we want to do when we sit down and, and, and by all means, you just, you can give me a call anytime. I'm happy to have a five or 10 minute phone call with you where we can talk a few minutes and you see, you know, you can tell, Hey, maybe we're a good fit. And if so, then we can set up an appointment and sit down face to face, or we can do a video call or however you'd like. Um, but just give me a call and I'll be happy to, to give you some information. There's no cost. There's no obligation. And then we can sit down and talk and see uh, if we might be a good fit together. And we're going to start off by talking about your assets and your liabilities and your income and your expenses. And that's how we can draw a roadmap to get you where you want to go. Folks, if you would like to call, it's 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. You can also visit silverleaffinancial.com, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out to Kevin right there on the homepage. You can send him an email and, and make it all happen. Yeah, by all means, uh, it, it's uh, it's really easy to reach me. So certainly, you know, give me a call and we can talk a little bit. 
Um, but what you're going to find out when we sit down and we start talking, you know, about the assets you have, and then we talk about your bills. Um, and, and there's many people, I'd, I'd say probably at least half the people that I sit down with still have a mortgage, uh, you know, when they're 65 years old. So what and, about the argument that, well, if I've got a two and a half percent mortgage, it's okay. I, you know, personally, I just don't like having the debt. All okay. right, good. Yeah. See, that's where I was headed to. You know, relatively speaking, yes, that's true. You're paying a lower level of interest, but the chances that you're going to be able to deduct that interest like you used to be able to in the past are very low. All right. Because most people, their standard deduction, you know, for a couple is, I want to say 27 or $28,000 now. Yeah. Um, it's 27 something, 27. Yeah. 10. For married filing jointly. Yeah. Um, so most people aren't going to have enough, you know, most people aren't going to itemize because they don't have that many itemized deductions. And if you don't itemize and you don't have that many itemized deductions in excess of that amount, then you're not really going to get the tax break for it. So you say, okay, it's only two and a half percent. But what I'm going to say is, but it's an obligation that you have to pay and it comes out of your money every month. So why not pay off the debt? All right. And then you're earning interest instead of paying it to somebody else. Yes. Um, and it frees up your cash flow because most people's mortgage these days are, in most cases, it's over a thousand bucks. A lot of them are over 2000, some are over 3000 and higher. Um, and that takes a serious dent out of your out of your portfolio. Now, if we, let's you know there's something that uh, some folks do with with uh, uh, physical objects. They say, "I want to reverse engineer this." Yes. Right? Yeah. I want to tear it apart and see how it's made. Right. So we're going to reverse engineer your mortgage payment. Let's say of two thousand dollars a month. All right. Okay. So so that's twenty four thousand dollars a year if you got a two grand mortgage. Right. Yep. So then ask yourself. How much do you need to have put away in order to generate income to pay the mortgage? And guys, if you got a $2,000 mortgage, that is, uh, where are we at? $600,000 is what you have to have in addition put away just to cover that expense of the mortgage. I'm not Let's talking the total. Pay that thing off. <laughs> Let's just pay it off, Kevin. Pay it off. Please pay it off. Yeah. All right. And, and I'm what I'm talking about. I'm liking the math on this one. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, that's why I say when you do the, if you do the math. That's, that's why I've unfortunately had to tell so many people, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news here, but I really think you need to keep working for a while longer Mm -hmm. because the way I come up with that number guys is the rule of thumb for, if you've got a stock and a bond portfolio, let's say it's 50, 50, you know, stocks, half stocks, half bonds, the rule of thumb in terms of how much you can withdraw from that portfolio every year and have a reasonable, a high probability of making it, it's not a guarantee. In other words, it's a high probability, but it's not a guarantee. Um, the number is four percent. So on six hundred thousand, that would be twenty four thousand a year that you could take out, which would pay your mortgage for that year. Okay. Mm-hmm. So pay off the mortgage, get out of debt entirely, and 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 uh, and that way you you will reduce your expenses to the lowest possible amount, which means that your nest egg doesn't have to be quite as big, right? Right. And so my preference is to be debt free. And I'll tell you, if you are debt free, I meet a lot of couples that tell me their expenses are, are not even $3,000 a month. And, and, you know, obviously some are higher, depends on your lifestyle. Um, but if you're, but if your monthly expenses are $3,000 a month, that's how couples can afford to live just on, the, on their social security. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, then other money you have put away, you can leave it growing until, you need it somewhere down, you know, down the road in the, in the future, if you ever need it. All right. Chances are you will because of inflation. But if you can start off in your retirement where you can pay, do everything you want to do with just your social security, that means you can leave everything else growing. 
And it means your social security will not be taxed either. So <laughs> I love the sound of that too, Kevin. The, I, you know, the other thing that happens when you, uh, when you start to pay off all the debt and you get into retirement, what you also lose is stress. You just don't oh have the, the pressure. Oh yeah. No, no question. No question about it. I mean, I, I know every time, every time I've paid anything off. Yeah. It's like a big burden has been oh, lifted off yeah. your shoulders. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I always swore to myself, I'm, 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 I'm staying debt free. I'm not, I'm not getting back into debt. Um, and, and I'm, I'm so opposed, I'm opposed to it personally as well as professionally. Um, I, especially with interest rates having gone higher. All right. Um, because I mean, now you can make 4% in a money market account now, you know? So, uh, to me, you know, obviously the interest rates going higher, they're great for savers. It's terrible for anybody that does have debt or is taking out, taking out, uh, you know, taking out a loan. Um, but, uh, for clients that invest by nature, they're savers. And so it's nice that we could finally earn some interest on our savings, not at, not at the bank, but there's other places you can earn a good interest rate on your money market. Right. Well, Howard, let's, uh, we've been sort of getting a bunch of questions backed up here. You want to, uh, you want to tackle a couple of questions from listeners? Well, yeah, by all means, let's do that. We haven't done that in a while. All right. Let's, uh, we start with Bernard. Bernard says, I'm about to turn 65, looking to work maybe one more year. Our combined income is approximately $140,000 a year. I have got about a million dollars in assets. What type of financial should I be looking for? Well, let me answer for him. Uh, just call Kevin. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's, that's, I mean, that's what you do. That seems like a, a perfect match. That That is a perfect match. And I'd say congratulations on putting away that million dollars. You've obviously been diligent with it. And And what I would say what type of advisor you want to look for is an independent one and one that's a fiduciary. Because a fiduciary is going to put your interest first. That's the obligation. But you need to understand, though, uh, Bernard, is that half of this industry, they are not fiduciaries. And they don't operate up to that standard. And an easy way, a rule of thumb, is that the big, big brokerage firms, most of them are not fiduciaries. So um, I'm sure they, they, they work at something called the suitability standard, which means, you know, based on the answers that you give them on the questionnaire, that you go into a, a, your profile puts you into a certain box and everybody in that box is appropriate for, you know, X number, X type of investments. So it's, it's, they say that it's suitable for you, but it does not mean it's the best for you. And, and so if you're not sure about what I'm referring to, um, then let's have a deeper conversation. I'll be happy to give you more details. All right, Bernard, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Kevin would love to hear from you. It's 800-975-6717. Meredith has a good question. We were just talking about T-bills. She's got a question about them. She said, would a T-bill be good a good investment for me? I'm 64, plan to work to 70, just trying to circumvent investing in the volatile economy. Yes, well, Meredith, I appreciate the the, the question, and and you know what, I, I am an advocate of T bills. I have we've been talking about them for a while on the show. Yeah. Um, you, you know, they I've got them myself personally for me and my wife, um, and and you can do it commission free. The, there's a website, it's treasurydirect.gov, I, I believe is the website, and you can set up an account. It takes a little bit to get used to it and to navigate it, but but it's just, it's it's a pretty user friendly site, um, and and you can set it up so that they you know so that they pay the interest you know, back to your account, whichever account you want to use, um, you know, but I think T-bills look very attractive over 4% right now. They're backed by the full faith in, you know, of the U.S. government. I, I have no concern uh, that there's any risk to that money at all, even though we got knuckleheads in Washington, you know, arguing about the debt limit. Um, I have no concern that that's a, that's a risk. So I do think they're a good idea. 
but but there's many things to look at. So it does depend on your overall financial situation and how much liquidity you need. Because when you put them in the T bills, they are committed for a period of time, uh, depending on what length maturity you go to. Mm-hmm. So I'd be happy to talk to you about that more, though. But I do think that's a good place to look. Well, I mean, if she's sixty-four, wants to work till she's seventy. Let's say that all plans out. This, I mean, you know, so she's got some time there. She she does have some time, and and you know, I am an advocate of uh, of being diversified, like we talked about before. So I think it's appropriate to have have treasury bills at the same time if you if it fits your risk tolerance and you're comfortable with it to at the same time have some money in stocks, some money in longer term bonds, maybe corporate bonds. There's some really high quality corporate bonds paying five and six percent interest right now. Wow. And and so I believe those look attractive. But for longer term money, I also think stocks are attractive. And if you're an investor that says, you know what, I don't want to take I don't want to risk any money anymore, Kevin. I'm done risking my money. You know what, guys, I've got some I've got some alternatives for that too. I've got solutions that you can make money with the stock market when it's going higher, but you don't lose a dime if it goes lower. And I can show you investments that would have made 10% a year for the last 10 years if you had these investments, and that's with no risk of a loss. So if you'd like to take, and I can show you some things right now, I can show you, I can make it, you can make 10% in the first year, guaranteed, guaranteed. And, and so there's a lot of alternatives out there now that weren't available a couple of years ago because interest rates have gone up. And so uh, if you're interested in anything like that, just you know, reach out and I'll give you some more details. All right. I like it. 800-975-6717 is the number. You can also visit silverleaffinancial.com and reach out to Kevin that way. Manny's got a question. He's 62 years old, he says, and I want to see if there is any value in investing in a Roth given my age. My full retirement age is 67. All right, Manny. Well, thank you for the question. Uh, I, you know, if you've listened to the show before, uh, as, as I'm sure you have, then you know that I am a big advocate for a Roth IRA. Uh, I am a big believer. I, I love the words tax-free. Um, I'm utilizing them for myself, my family, uh, as well as for my clients. Um, but you know that you pay the taxes in the year in which you put the money into the Roth. And so uh, for somebody that's younger, 20s, 30s, 40s, no question. I would say utilize a Roth whenever you can. In fact, I'd recommend your 401k contributions go into a Roth 401k. All right. Pay the taxes now, because what I think the way that I think about it is not just when are you paying the taxes? That's it's been over. It's been oversimplified. And I think people need to think about it a little harder. If if you've got time for that money to grow and let's say it's let, let's say it's ten thousand dollars, right, that you that you pay the tax on now with a Roth. But if you're able to leave it in there for several years and I'm going to say at least seven or eight years, because in that period of time, I feel you should get pretty, pretty good growth. Maybe your ten thousand grows to eighteen thousand. Right. So if you pay the tax early, you pay the tax on the 10, right? And mm-hmm. then it grows and you take out the 18,000 tax free. I think that sounds far better than what a lot of people are doing. They're they're paying the tax, you know, they're I'm sorry, they're saving the tax now going into an IRA or 401k. So they're saving the tax on a little bit of money. They're saving the tax on the seed, I'm going to call it. And then the seed is going to grow into this beautiful harvest and you're going to wind up paying tax on the entire harvest. I would say we need to flip, flip that script, guys. Yes. Twist, okay. If you've got a long enough period of time, in my view, you're far better off paying the tax now and letting it grow tax-free. And then later on in life, if all you're living on in retirement is, is your Roth money, your tax-free money, that means your Social Security money will be tax-free as well. Boy. All right. 
And that, just, and that to well, me to is to put the that recipe. plan together. Well, you've described how you've set it up for yourself and your wife. And I mean, wow, that's just and, and the fact that you can do other help other people achieve that. I mean, that's a big deal. Uh, you know what? I, I appreciate that, Steve. And I think it is a big deal because I am looking forward to the to the latter stages of my life being almost completely tax free because I think I can avoid at least income. I can avoid income taxes by utilizing these other vehicles. Obviously, you still got to pay sales tax and other things when you go out. Sure, right. But I don't. I haven't figured out a way around that one yet. <laughs> All right, but <laughs> but as far as income tax, we can certainly minimize it if we take the right steps and you take them early enough. Right. Let's see. I want to do one more quick one here before we go, uh, Kevin. Uh, it's from Kyle, and uh, he's wondering what happens to my annuity after I die. Oh, Kyle. Hey, you know what? Uh, I appreciate the question. Thank you for thank you for that. Um, I would really actually need more information to, ant- to answer that totally accurately. Um, but I can tell you general, see, see it depends on what stage uh, and what stage you're in with the annuity. For instance, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're still in the accumulation phase where you're just letting it grow, then in most cases, the entire value of that policy will go to your beneficiaries when you, when you pass away. All right. Okay. If on the other hand, you're in the, you, you've uh, turned on the income stream, so to speak, you're receiving income whether you annuitized it or you have an income rider. Um, and if, if you've gotten to that point, then you had to make a decision when you started the payments um, that'll actually provide the answer to that question. So in other words, the, the choice of single life only, that's the option that pays the most amount of money per month. Okay. So if an individual chooses that option, it'll pay them forever. But when they die, that when they die, the payments die and all. And if there's any money left in the policy, that goes to the insurance company. Now, let me tell you something. The caveat here, that is very rare. Okay. A lot of people have a misconception that, that, you, you'd lo- that somehow that money is gone or taken away. The fact of the matter is very, very few people choose the single life option. All right. Very few. In fact, I can tell you one, literally one time in my entire career, have I, have I recommended somebody do the single life only option? And that's because it was a, it was a widow that did not have any kids. She didn't have any benefit. She wanted to leave any money to, and, and, unfor- and she didn't have a lot of assets. So she just needed to generate as much income as she could get. Um, and, and that's the only case I've ever seen where it made sense to me to make that suggestion. Usually I would recommend, you know, like in the case of a married couple, you can do a joint life. Um, yeah. and, and, if, and there's many, many other options too. So, but in most cases, the entire account value is going to go to your beneficiaries. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions. Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise to 
create a retirement income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. 